Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening to all of our listeners. Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. This is episode number 26. I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm with my brother, Jonathan, as usual. Jonathan, how you doing today? I'm doing well, you know, thanks for asking. I can't complain, you know. We've made it through Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. And now we count the days till Christmas arrives, which happens to be, you know, my favorite holiday, honestly. You know, I love seeing people take the time out to hang up the lights and start the Christmas shopping and look for the tree, you know. In my opinion, it's an amazing sight to see. Just like Thanksgiving, it brings us all together as well. You know, now that I think about it, what do you think about Christmas, Daniel, as it approaches? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the lights because that's honestly my favorite part, seeing the Christmas lights and stuff hanging up outside. And it, you know, brings about deep reflection for me on the year in general. Have I made any improvements? Have I conquered the goals that I set out at the beginning of the year? Have I become better? Have I become at least 365% better than what I was at the beginning of the year? Have I made concrete steps towards what I wanted to accomplish or have I stayed the same? Have I gotten worse? Um, I usually think about those things most of the time when I see the Christmas lights and anytime I haven't, you know, accomplished what I've set out to do, it makes me start to wonder, well, how can I get a head start on everybody else for the month of January? But it's kind of like the beginning of the year for me, you know? December so I can get a month ahead of the crowd so Mm -hmm. it's usually what I think about Mm -hmm. I think what's alarming to me is there are some people out there that still believe in these new year's resolutions and at least in my thought process you know when you want to start something you just start it you shouldn't have to wait for the calendar year or the month or the week to start something unless you're trying to go by a week by week basis or a month by month basis The goal should be if I'm going to make a change in my life, it needs to be now, right? You can't put things off that you could do now for tomorrow or for next week. You have to start at least mentally setting your sight on what it is that you hope to accomplish. So I agree with you as well. One more other thing I want to add about Christmas. I really enjoy the music, you know. I understand that, you know, the idea of what Christmas is all about you know, some people view it as Santa Claus coming down your chimney, right? And some people view it as, you know, crisis boring day. Obviously, it might not be the exact boring day. He wasn't exactly born on Christmas, but it's the representation that matters, right? And we appreciate the greatest gift there is, and that's his son, God's son, Jesus Christ. So to me, I just enjoy the music, singing along. You know, Jackson 5, you know how it is. It's amazing. Those songs never get old, and they will always be in the library of Christmas songs, the Kurt Franklin album. You know, that's you know what I wanted I, to touch on something that you said. Okay. That I thought was um interesting. I felt like a lot of people, when it comes to setting goals and stuff, it's always a mental thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I feel like going into next year, like, always, like I was saying, for December, for me, that's when the year kind of just starts. Um, I think we need to put more action towards things. Because a lot of times when you're just preparing for things mentally, 
it's always just a mental thing and it never gets to that physical point where you start applying that that action you know yeah and i like how you said if you want to start something you should just start it because i agree 100 percent it's like what are you waiting for you know there is no <laughs> there, there is no right time for it it's not you have to be 100 percent prepared and that's what the mental stage of things usually is isn't it it's always what do i have to prepare to do is i i don't i don't want i don't want to prepare mentally for it just throw me into the frame let's let's see what happens you know yeah what is it's more like what are you going to do huh. exactly time waits for nobody and remember tomorrow's not promised to anybody either so we gotta we gotta make sure that we approach things for perspective that we're doing the best that we can and with the mentality that this needs to be done because this is going to better help or suit me in my future. Hey, Jonathan. Yes. You need to start right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not five minutes later. Right now. All right. So Even about... you got to stop the podcast right now. What happened? I say even if they have to stop the podcast right now. Oh. Go do whatever that thing is. Yeah, right absolutely, right? Put us on the shelf. We'll be here, right? It's documented. You can always get back to it, <laughs> you know? That's one thing I love about the podcast movement in general is because when we do these recordings and we put this information out there for years and years to come, it will be up there. It will be available to whoever wants to listen. So, you know, I really appreciate how this is going so far. I appreciate those who have learned from some of the things that we've put out there it's been quite a bit it's been such a journey and i appreciate every moment of it and you know as i've said last week or thursday for that matter and i'll say it again i couldn't have done this without you and i appreciate your patience and your desire to every sunday or those special holidays to get up and put the time in to put something out there that could be helpful, useful for our listeners. Likewise. All right. So, um, How about some prayer? All right. Let's do it. Everybody bow your heads. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, you said whenever two or three gather in your name, there you are in the midst. Therefore, we welcome you in and ask that you provide us with godly wisdom and godly discernment. We know that we can do all through you who strengthens us. So please give us direction to find truth and understanding. Once we find it, please sustain us and give us peace of mind. Allow us to learn to lean on you and only on you. For you are our shepherd and we shall not want. I ask that you give us consistency for those of us who are starting our goals and allow us to work hard consistently. We say this in agreement and with faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Excellent prayer. So, as we've done in some other episodes, I'm going to do it here. I want to start off by asking you a few questions, sir. I'm being put on the spot again? Yes, you are. All right. Uh, let me buckle in. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, push your seatbelt on. Now, this might sound extremely random, right? But I think it's necessary for this conversation. It's amazing. This whole discussion we started in the beginning about ideas and thoughts and, you know, trying to figure things out. That leads me to ask you the first question. 
What was the last song you listened to? Last song that I listened to was "On the Way" by Russ. Oh, huh. do you, oh wow. Uh, do you remember what it was about? Yeah, it's kind of just about um, just relocking in and refocusing on your way on accomplishing your purpose, pretty much. Oh. Just locking back into the things that keep you grounded and help you. I would guess, I guess you could say like spiritually or for him, it was like the things that helps him lock in spiritually and then just kind of to go on his way. Okay. That's the name on the way. Okay. So how does it help you by listening to it? Well, it just reminds me to lock back into, cause some of the books that he shared, I've read them as well. Uh-huh. And I like some of the principles and stuff that it teaches from a spiritual perspective. But also Russ as an artist in general. Um, he's a person who embodies the idea of consistency and work, working hard consistently. And I really respect that about Russ as well as his, you know, his confidence. Okay. And um, yeah, it's just I just like the way he carries himself. He has a line that says, uh, this is Nipsey mixed with Kobe, yeah, merge mentality. So like Nipsey Hustle and Kobe Bryant. Um both people who are like hustlers and people who work extremely hard, extremely competitive. So yeah. Now I like Russ a lot. Now is this a hip hop record? It is. Okay. So what about can you name two other genres of music that you listen to that you want to share? Yeah, sure. Uh I also listen to indie music as well. Never heard um, of that one. You gotta tell me about that. What's that? Indie music? It's kinda like um I'll explain it. Think of like being in a cafe or like a small like a lounge or someplace and then you got like live music that comes in, people who sing and just, you know, on a more I always think of it as more like small and quaint. Okay. You know, live performances, stuff like that. So there's indie and and then also I listen to everything, honestly. I listen to rock, I listen to country. I listen to jazz, I listen to classical music, I listen to a lot of instrumentals, like okay. um Diversity lo-fi. is your middle name then. Yeah, I listen to pretty much anything. I feel like you can find something that you like in anything, honestly. Okay, so okay. Why you at why you at it? Tell me two more artists that you listen to other than Russ. Well, you know my favorite artist for sure is Logic. Okay. And then I listen to J. Cole, Russ and for female artists. Because actually, Andy Lucy Rose, listen to her a lot as well. Actually, I have one of her signed albums here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, interesting. Very interesting. So, we're going to be reading out of the book of Luke today. We are still in the gospel series, by the way. The gospel series starting with the book of Luke. And this is where we will begin our discussion. This is where we're going to begin our discussion. So, follow along. I will make note that we're starting in the book of Luke, chapter 11, and we're reading verse 33 through 36, and we're reading out of the NLT version today for this specific text. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. 
Your eye is like a lamp that provides your light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So the topic of this discussion would be, how is your thought life? How is your thought life? So the reason why I asked Daniel, what was the last song he had listened to? And if you remember the artist, the topic of the song was because sometimes music can play a role in how we perceive things. Music is an art. In art, there is a message. You know, just like a painting can have a thousand words, music can provide various meanings. Your thought life can be affected by what you see and what you hear. Let me repeat that. Your thought life can be affected by what you see and what you hear. What you expose yourself to matters. You see, we can tend to overlook what has the potential to sometimes inspire us, regardless of a lot of things. In fact, that's how we create habits, we make choices, and we have motives. Remember this one thing. The quality of your thinking can determine the quality of your life. Let me repeat that again. The quality of your thinking can determine the quality of your life. So on that note, we have to keep in mind that humans have more than 6,000 thoughts per day. Psychologists have discovered that. Did you hear what I said? The average person would typically have more than 6,000 thoughts in a single day. It gets better, right? It's estimated that. On average, adults make more than 35,000 decisions per day. 35,000 decisions per day. I bring up thoughts and decisions because that is what we do daily, right? So now the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you listening to? What are you watching that may help you make up your mind? So let's dig deeper. Thursday on Thanksgiving, the last episode we put up, we talked about the life of a believer. And in the beginning of our conversation, we talked about being a light. We are lights in the world, right? That's full of darkness. As believers, some may not realize that we are the hope in a broken, wounded world. So, so, uh, okay. Why do you believe that believers are the hope, doing quote fingers, mm-hmm. in a broken, wounded world? Great question, Daniel, right? The faith that believers have in Christ are known as convictions, something we discussed in the previous episode. They aren't preferences, meaning no matter how tough things might get, we still believe, just like the first Christians who saw Christ and his resurrection believed. You see, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I think it's chapter 20, verse 29, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And guess those people are. Guess who those people are? That would be the believers, the Christians, right? So as long as our faith in Christ remains, those who haven't made up their mind will always have a fellow believer. 
right? Christ has given us grace and mercy, and that extends, right? That extension is given and will always be given to anyone who is willing to accept the gift, that gift of everlasting life, no matter how long it may take. So as long as we keep believing that we may be one day to enter into God's rest, right? That can potentially change the mind of an unbeliever, right? The whole point is that we're opening the door so they can see what the kingdom lifestyle is about. Our faith in Christ can be very moving and somewhat strange from the, to the outsider, right? And as long as the unbeliever sees the reason for the hope that we have in Christ, we can be used as instruments for God's righteousness to eventually change the heart of those who are struggling between wanting to believe in him and not wanting to believe in him. So did I answer your question? Um, yes and no, because I believe personally that um, when I think about how the world views Christians, it's not always in a positive light, unfortunately. But I feel like on the one-on-one interactions with people who actually practice the kingdom mindset, as we like to call it here, I believe those people have a pretty good impact on a one-on-one interaction. But as a whole, how we're viewed, I don't think it's always a positive light. It's always, um, I feel like there's a lot of negative connotations attached to them. Well, let me put it this way, right? In Romans, it tells us that let God be true and every word for man be a liar. The reality is a lot of people that have negative condemnations, as you put it, towards Christians have a lot to do with their ignorance about Christianity. Right? Agreed. So one of the things that I think that have to be put to the forefront is that when you're ignorant of a belief system, you're ignorant of what those belief systems stand for. Then you have to realize that any other opinion that you have is not backed up by credibility, right? Mm. If you haven't done your research on something and you come to the forefront questioning it, you're questioning it from a place where there aren't any values placed upon truth, right? So if I make a statement about something, right, and I haven't looked into it, but I'm allowing society to filter information to me, then when I get in front of somebody that's an expert in that situation or knows a lot more about that predicament or that situation more than I do or that topic for that matter, then I'm going to look foolish. So I think no matter what, I mentioned this last week, that when it comes to making friends and it comes to having relationships with people in general, you're not going to you're not going to be friends with everybody. You're not going to have favor from everybody. And the reason why you're not going to be friends with everybody, you're not going to have favor from everybody because if you're at peace with everybody, then there's something wrong. Right? If you're at peace with everybody based upon a concept or idea that you have, then there's something wrong. Because in general, Christianity is insulting to some degree is insulting because it isolates the teachings and the values of what God has placed 
And it shuns other belief systems and ideas that other people believe in. Right? And at the end of the day, that causes division. And what did Jesus say? He said he did not come to create peace, but to create chaos. And that chaos has a lot to do with the values, how you go about things. And to me, that's going to happen. So you're going to offend people. You're never going to have everybody in 100% lockstep with you. That's the whole part of having an opinion. The opinion is yours and no one can take away from it. So I think that's why I'm saying that as believers for us, the goal is to walk and move in confidence in who you are and what you represent. Because the accountability that you have is to other believers and it's to God. The unbeliever, it doesn't matter because they're not living a lifestyle that you've chosen to live. They are not operating the covenant that you have elected to be a part of, right? They're not moving in the kingdom mindset that you have declared and allowed God to be Lord over your life. They're not doing that. So the person you owe accountability to is fellow believers who are looking for you to encourage them. That's why in Romans it says, let us be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. And it's to God. You represent him. So any approval that you need is from God himself. So, bringing it back to the initial statement. Yes. Um, so, I guess it's fair to say that I guess you give other kingdom mindset believers hope. Yeah, only believers. The world. Because they are in lockstep believers. Okay. The unbeliever can see how you're moving and eventually will possibly come around to your way of thinking, right? So that's why you have people that look for others, right? So it tells us in the book of James that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's why you'll see people seek out certain believers that pray because they know that the prayer that's coming from the person that actually practices what we're supposed to practice is reliable. That's why in James, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Because it's coming from the mouth of a person that actually has a relationship with Christ. And that relationship with Christ leaves the door open for blessings. Because you're in relationship with him. You know what he expects. You understand his nature. You know what he wants from you. Right? As a believer. That's why when we read it in the gospel, well, not in the gospel, but First John, it lets us know that those who come to God come to him knowing that he, not only does he exist, and that's in Hebrews, but that we know that if we come to him in confidence, we can ask and get whatever it is that we receive. We can ask for it because we come in him well, in confidence. I wanted to say I think that's kind of the beauty, too, of our podcast here. Okay. Is I felt like this is a place where we could share perspective mm-hmm. without judging people without the kingdom mindset or who have not practice the kingdom mindset or want to learn about it and i feel like just doing something like this allows for there to be more believers because i I feel like how the world sees christians uh, christianity or how they see people who have a relationship with god is i feel like this is a, a kind of a pure way to to view it you know so Okay. Just a little thought. Because all I'm saying is, yes, this podcast is about perspective. 
But the perspective that we're given comes straight out of the book. It comes straight out of God's mouth. That's what the word is. It's Christ. And it's what God has put into action. So even though we're giving perspective, we're giving perspective based upon the experiences that we have following and lockstep with what the scripture suggests that we should do. So mm-hmm. when I'm given at least a perspective on the standpoint of the reason why believers are the hope in a broken, wounded world is because Christianity is an option. It's an alternative to the way that some people want to live life, right? We're not shunning people and saying that they have to, but we're giving them an alternative to what has worked for us because we understand that there are various truths, but we are in lockstep that we believe that Jesus said, as he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were declaring that what Jesus had put there and said is the truth. So we can only speak in context to what he claimed to be and through our life experiences, what our testimony declares he is, right? That doesn't take away what someone else wants to believe, but we're showing you through the book how what he has put here elevates and helps us. And that's all that we can do. Speak to that. Note it. Um, so moving forward. Yeah. So we are ambassadors for Christ. When people see us, they should see Christ. Now, when we look at verse 33 of Luke, right, it brings up a lot of what we talked about Thursday, right? The felt, And I felt the need to mention that. If you haven't checked out Thanksgiving special, you should give it a chance. Now, I want to focus in on verse 34. But to understand 34, you must understand verse 33, right? Just like a lamp. When lit or twisted or pressed on or spoken to, right? Because now you can say, Alexa, do something and it does it. Now that's how, that's what technology has enabled us to do now, right? The light activates. So the same way the light activates based upon command or based upon an action that you give it, your eyes are the lamp of your body. When your eyes are clear, one can see things from a kingdom perspective. Again, this is the believer's perspective. When you are in relationship with God and Jesus is your Lord, then you start to have an appreciation for who God is and what he is capable of doing to help you, protect you in situations where spiritual warfare is happening. You see, Jesus tells his disciples that because the knowledge and the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them, and this is in context to what Jesus was saying to his disciples in regards to why he speaks to them in parables. Jesus then explains why he spoke in parables to the people. So, Dan, would you mind explaining or reading the verse here about what Jesus said? Those seeing, those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Say that one more time. 
you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Good job. So one way to help your eyes is to expose it to the word of God. You want to improve your thought life? Expose yourself to the word of God. So one of my favorite verses to keep in mind comes out of the book of Psalms 27 verse 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? A verse like this reminds me of who Christ is to me. Don't fear nothing, but instead you can stand firm and strong and fear nothing because Christ is in your corner at all times. Not sometimes, but all the time. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I think about the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. And I'm, I will look at this in the New King James Version. We t- told you we should trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. and He shall direct your path. I think about the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Your thought life doesn't improve if you don't feed it with the right things to help you along. I think about 2 Timothy, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Right? The goal is that you have to study yourself approved unto the Lord. And I think about Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And if it's good, pleasing and perfect will. This is how you improve your eye. And by improving your eye, you will begin to transform your thought life. When God's word is inside of you, your whole body will also be full of light. You know what that means, right? You will begin to benefit from God's precepts. Now, I've mentioned before, the Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. When we look at the Bible, we learn and can identify that there are different ways you can read it, right? If you apply something called the precept method, you'll do a lot for your thought life. So let me walk you through what the precept method is. First, you have to absorb the Bible. Ask yourself, what does this text say? Then you search for the interpretation. What does the text mean? Why why observing leads to an accurate understanding of what the Word of God says. Interpretation goes a step further, and it helps you understand what it means. As you seek to interpret the Bible's accuracy, You'll need hermeneutics, something I mentioned in the first episode, and I recommend giving that another listen as well so you can understand what hermeneutics is. Finally, you'll need application. No matter how much you know, 
about God's word. If you don't apply what you learn, scripture will never benefit your life. To be a hearer of the word and not a doer is to deceive yourselves. Therefore, application is vital, is important. Observation and interpretation are the hearing of God's word. Application is the embracing of the truth, the doing of God's word. Okay. So, Daniel, let me ask you a question. Well, you don't pay the light bill in your house. What happens? Um, I guess you want to use candles. <laughs> yeah, understand. Sure. Right? But the point is, when you don't pay your light bill, you are subject to darkness. When you don't read your word, you will be subject to darkness as well. Now, there are some people who have a candle lit in their body, but it's dim, right? So I'll use your example, Dane, to explain a little bit more about what I'm saying about candles, right? A dim light is an indication that God has taken some space in your body, but not enough to see, right? Not enough to see some benefits that you have that may lead to flourishing experiences. Remember, mm. when God isn't in your life, your life won't be as sharp, right? It won't be as sharp. Some of his precepts, some of his wisdom is not departed to you. So you're more likely to make some mistakes. You're more likely to trip over things, right? With a dim light, you don't see the toys on the ground, right? You don't see the play go that you step on and you hurt your foot really bad, right? So you have to remember that having a dim light and having a room that's full of light allows you to see everything that's going on. All the items in your room. Having a dim light, you only see part of what's in the room. So what about those who live a life, manifest their own success, you know, because everything's about manifesting these days. Um, like they follow a philosophical concept, like, you know, the law of attraction or, you know, their thought life, as we've been talking about today, has been inspired by worldly knowledge. For example, I mentioned Russ earlier. He has like a book that he read that I ended up reading that was, I thought was actually pretty good. And it's called um, The Alchemist. And then you have like uh, Deepak, Choka's, uh, Deepak Choka. I hope I didn't mess his name up. Uh, the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. There's books like The, um, the Four Agreements. Um, there's a lot of self-improvement books out there. And... I guess that can all be considered worldly knowledge. Mm -hmm. And what do you say to the man or woman who says they don't need God? I'm just fine all by myself. You know, I have my positive thinking and I'm respecting others and treating people the way that I want to be treated. So what's the, what's the harm in that? So that's another great question. Well, there's a few ways that you can look at this, right? Worldly knowledge has its benefits, right? One of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that the Old Testament is full of laws. There are some people that follow those laws, but they don't embrace the whole theology of whether it's Judaism or Christianity. Those laws will continue if abide by it, bring about success. Because by themselves, that's the power that the law holds. Right. It provides success. 
you know, there's a joke that some people say that there are some drug dealers that give a tenth of their earnings in tithes and offerings and reap benefits on the street. Like, that is a legitimate thing. There are experiences that people take a 10%, and this has a lot to do not embodying the full elements of Christianity, right? And they take portions of it, and it does bring about success without question. Now, what I think you have to also recognize is that when you're following the law of attraction and you're following all these rules and regulations, right, there's a limitation to that. But you have to realize that the rules and laws that you're following means that you're a law for yourself, right? That means you make the rules and laws and you don't owe anyone an explanation, right? So I'm glad you brought up the concept of the law of attraction as well. People don't realize that the law of attraction is a biblical principle. Let me say this for the record, please. The Bible is the most complete book you will ever read or find. If you read the Bible, you'll find the ideas people take and claim as something they discovered isn't their idea. It's actually God's idea. Remember, all truth is God's truth. See, the law of attraction is claimed to be a universal principle that states that you attract into your life whatever you focus on, whatever you give energy to and attention to. It will come back to you when you focus on the abundance of good things in your life. You will automatically attract more positive things into your life, right? Sort of the concept of manifesting, right? If I manifest or I put energy into this thing, then I'll get results. Well, Dan, let's look at some verses in the Bible that kind of sum up the law of attraction, but we're going to view it from a kingdom mindset, right? So we have several verses here, and I'm going to let Daniel read them off to you. And we'll pause after each one, and I'll probably explain a little bit more. Okay, so starting with Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So that's a matter of faith, operating in faith, right? There's a portion in the scripture where Jesus says that if you tell this mountain to move over, it will move over. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you tell a mountain, it will move over, it will move over. It's a figurative speech. It has to do with how confident you are in your faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. So when you think about certain things in faith, right? There's no evidence behind it, but it's the substance of things hopeful, which means that if you're substitute, you're substantive in what you hope in, in God, right? He can do all things exceedingly and abundantly beyond whatever you think or imagine. And you place your faith in him, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Those things will grow into something, right? All you need is the faith of the size of a mustard seed. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So that has to do with taking initiative, right? When you're praying to God, ask, and you shall receive. If you're looking to learn something about God, you're seeking. And by doing those things, eventually you will find something. That's a natural law. If you ask, you should receive it. If you seek, you shall find it. That's normally what you're going to get out of that. Luke chapter 17, verse 21 says, The kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah, so what we learn in the New Testament is that the kingdom 
is not a matter of a place, but is a matter of Christ that stores up inside of you. You become the kingdom. The power is no longer in a building physically, but it's in a matter of what you do. So as believers, we read our Bible. The Bible becomes alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. You are that person. You are the walking truth. You bring and change circumstances, events, right? Based upon your attitude, right? Based upon how you approach things. You make changes. As we read in the book of Judges with Gideon, right? God sent Gideon to solve the issues, right? God sends individuals, us, ambassadors, to fix issues and problems in the world, right? Because we represent him and we are the truth, right? That is what we do as followers of Christ. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So this all has to do with positive thinking, right? If you wake up and you start saying, you know, man, I, I'm i down, you know, things are not going to go the way that they should, then guess what? Your attitude and your disposition will show that. If you think negatively about something, guess what? You're going in low-spirited. You're not going in with the mentality to give it your all, your best. But if you are a positive thinker, if you come into a situation where you're like, I'm going to make the best out of this to the best of my ability. I'm going to put my best foot forward into something, right? Then your spirit is up. Your mentality is up. Everything about your, your intentions is good. Same thing with working out. If you have a goal, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in two months. And every day, every day you take a step forward towards achieving that goal. You know, there's a scripture that there's not a scripture, but this is something that I've learned in my philosophical world. Right. And this something that Descartes says, I think, therefore I am. Right. So whatever you think is what you'll be. Right. So we'll take a scripture from what Paul says. He says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Right. So you have to speak things into existence. That's what God did in the beginning. He says, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke it into existence. So whatever you think is what you are, right? That's the attitude you have to have. If I'm going to get something done, you have to have the mentality. You have to have the right motives, the right attitude, the intentions to get that achieved. So it's all about speaking things into existence. And that's what we're getting out of there in Proverbs 23, 7. We covered this one earlier, but let's go over it again. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we understand that the world has its own rules and regulations. But if you're trying to be in lockstep with the kingdom mindset and what God wants for you, you have to be better affiliated with your word, right? And whatever the word says, if you're living a life of what God wants you to live, then you're going by his rules and regulations, not the world's rules and regulations. The world... It has various, very, various different thoughts and attitudes towards certain things, right? And that's not what we're doing. We know that God is not the author of confusion. And if we know that, then we know that what God wants us to do is very strict, very obvious, and very straightforward. There is no ifs, ands, or buts to it. So that's what we align ourselves with because we understand that God is our Lord. He is Lord over our lives, and that is who is the final authority, right? God is the judge. He decides who wins or loses, not your opponent. So that is who you answer to, and that is who you're trying to please.
Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 says, According to your faith shall be done to you. Yep. So this is all based upon the faith that you have, whether it's a mustard seed, right? Or whether it's none, right? It is impossible to please God if you don't have faith, right? Faith is what is the difference in how you communicate with God. He set that in motion. That is what he is requesting of us to have. And it's impossible to please God if you have no faith. My personal favorite scripture for today's uh, lesson is Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yep, very amazing. It's amazing scripture right there, right? Some of us are so focused, the scientists of the world, right? They're extremely focused on the things that is seen. And what is unseen, they can't have an hypothesis for because there's nothing there. But we understand that what is unseen in the book of Hebrews is the one who created the heavens and the earth and formed the lands and the seas, right? We understand that God operates behind the scenes and we can't see it. It just manifests this. That's why we understand that God is not something that can be revealed. That he's something that he can only be revealed. And you cannot, I repeat, you cannot try to prove him. And we'll look at the last verse here. And I'll do the honest. Luke 6 verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So that has to do with the perspective and the intentions that you have to help others. Right? So all these verses sum up what the law of attraction is. But in the, in the biblical context, when you do things for the kingdom in faith, your gifts will, be, will have an opportunity to make room for you. And God will bless you. So on the topic of how is your thought life, I want you to think about a verse that Daniel will read and end with in just a second. And I want you to remember, right, the book and chapter of this verse because it will change your life. It will change your thought life. Whatever you are struggling with in your mind, I bind in the name of Jesus. I ask Jesus to set you free from it. Please and please, I say this again, and I encourage everyone out there, get some light in your body. Okay? So, this is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and this is what it says. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So this summarizes what your thought life should be. You have to think about those things and you have to do the best to execute it. Obviously, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so is not your mind and your thought process. But in order for things to change, you have to start mentally, not just change them, but actively. Just like we talked about how faith is active. If you want your thought life to change, you have to change what it is that you think about and how you go about things. And I promise you, if that's something that you do and it's inspired by the word of God, then you'll start to see how God can maneuver in your life and 
put you on a path that will lead you to be successful. And now we move on to devotion. Does your work leave you worn out? Do you need more education or training to see results? In Ecclesiastes, I believe that's the name of the book. Jonathan, you can help me out if you like. Ecclesiastics. Thank you. If the axe is dull and what does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. That is verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10, out of the New King James Version. If you ever try to cut down a tree with an axe instead of a chainsaw, you know how much work it can be. And if you ever try to do it with a dull axe, you know it's almost impossible. If you don't sharpen the axe beforehand, you'll wear yourself out. What does this proverb have to say to you? How have you exalted yourself by exerting more and more effort for very little return? In relationships, are you constantly frustrated? Does sharpening the axe mean becoming a better listener, being more patient? What does success look like in your personal life? What goals have you had for years with no real results? Getting on a budget, sharing your faith. The challenge of this proverb is to identify where you're exhausting yourself and take the time to seek God's wisdom. He gives wisdom to all those who ask. And one of the best ways to do this is by changing the way you think about things. So that's why we asked today, how's your thought life? What are you thinking about? Where is your thinking leading you to? And how is it affecting your personal relationships and how you carry and see the world? So let us pray today and say this, Father, give me the wisdom of your spirit today. I pray, give me a clear understanding of where I'm at so I can seek ways to improve, to be better, to be a harder worker, to be a more consistent worker, a more consistent listener, and a person who gains and gathers a better perspective on how I see life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.